Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet from a temporary studio here in our brand new location at Firmly Planted Family. Today is Mailbox Monday, and man, you guys sent me a lot of questions in. I'm going to hit as many as I can. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thank you guys for listening today. This is the day of the week that I get to answer your questions. It's probably one of my favorite things to do here at the show, and I love hearing from you. And so if you want to have your question addressed here at the Off the Bench podcast, just reach out to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I have so many questions here, and I might even, I actually was looking at this with the producers a few minutes ago going, you know, could I go a little bit over time? So what we're going to do today is I'm going to answer uh, a bunch of your questions here, and then I'm going to answer even more of them at happy hour today. So if you want to see more content, if you'd like to hear more questions answered, you can hop on over to Spotify, click on the subscribe button, and you can listen to more content there. So I'll be answering even more questions at happy hour today. Okay, first one comes from Kelsey in Oregon. She said, hey, Heidi, I'm 14. My mom and I enjoy listening to your podcast. Hey, Kelsey, thanks for writing in. She said, I was wondering what you could say to strangers like a cashier or a waitress to show them love, but that won't get a typical eye roll like when you say Jesus loves you. Something will catch them off guard, but in a good way. Uh, Thanks for all you do. Well, Kelsey, I'm going to tell you something that my friend Steve Demi told me a long time ago when I was just getting out onto the speaker circuit. Sometimes people invite me to speak for events and they just want me to talk about marriage or they want me to talk about, um, you know, how to start a, a, a nonprofit organization or something like that. And it's not necessarily a faith based organization. And there was one in particular. It was years ago that I spoke for and the owner of this uh, company said, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you just leave, you know, God out of what you're going to say. We like you to talk about leadership principles. Well, I didn't know how to leave God out of what I say because. He permeates every aspect of my life. And I was getting ready to take the stage for the very first event for this particular engagement. And Steve Demi just happened to call me. And in fact, I wish he was on the phone right now because I'm sure he would remember this. He happened to call me. I know that God put me on his heart. That's just the way that God works. And he's like, hey, Heidi, you notice, I don't know why I'm just impressed upon, you know, I was impressed upon me to call you right now. And I was like, man, I told him my dilemma. And he said, Heidi, just go stink up the place. And I was like, what? Well, what he was saying was, we are the fragrance of Christ. And Kelsey, that's what you are. You're the fragrance of Christ. And so you don't have to come up with a cute slogan or say Jesus loves you or give him a gospel tract, although tracts are always a great idea. I think more important than any of those things is that you interact with the people that you meet, whether it's at the grocery store or at the gym or wherever you are with the love of Jesus Christ. And you can do that just by being kind. You can do that by listening. Uh, Ask the Lord to show you, and he will. But I don't think you need to overthink it. I like to tell people, don't overthink it. Think in line with the Holy Spirit, and God will show you from one minute to the next. So Kelsey, stink up the place. You are the fragrance of Christ. And so that's what people are going to be attracted to. And I can already tell by your comment that that's what you're doing. So keep doing that. All right, we got a message on Anchor from Kim, and she wants to know how to love the culture effectively and yet show them the truth. Um, She's pondering this question daily as she sees the culture moving to a crazy place, and she feels like it's a daunting task not to be seen as judgmental. Well, you're right, Kim. I mean, it's absolutely what happens right now when you come out and tell the truth. 
the very first thing they do is judge you and say, or they'll use the Bible against, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Well, first of all, that's a terrible misunderstanding of that scripture. And you guys have heard me say before that a misunderstanding of scripture will always lead to a misapplication of scripture. And so when someone says to you, don't judge lest you be judged, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He was saying, listen, before you start calling out the sin in the lives of the people that you're here to serve, you better take a good look in the mirror and make sure that that log in your eye isn't there anymore before you start pulling a plank out of your brother's eye. The same thing is true when you encounter a non-Christian and you speak the truth. I love Mark Spence saying that the world, a lot of times, and some of these people, you can't change their mind for nothing. Like it doesn't matter. You could be the sweetest person in the whole world, you know, bake them brownies and uh, tell them how much you love their hair or whatever. And they're still going to hate your guts when you tell them the truth. Jesus said, don't be surprised about either about that either. Right. He said that the world hated him. So we shouldn't be surprised when the world hates us. But I do think that your responsibility and our responsibility as Christians is to tell the truth. We want to tell the truth like Jesus did. Jesus was the ultimate example of how to walk this world out, living a life that is both full of grace and full of truth. So the Bible says in Proverbs that right words spoken in the right time are like apples of gold in a silver setting. So when you speak, you got to consider your audience. Who are you talking to? And how will they best receive the, the word of truth that God has given you? Some of these places are just hard, 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 hard to go to city council meetings, hard to go to school board meetings. I know I've done all of these things. And you're called to speak the truth no matter what venue God has you in. And so you need to ask him, Lord, tell me what I'm supposed to say. Bring me to the right people so that I speak the right words at the right time. And then trust that God will give you the grace that you need to be an ambassador for him. Uh, we had a great comment on Spotify after I did a show called Having a Creator Changes Everything. She said she saw me at Abide. That's the women's conference this year at Answers in Genesis. And she, she said I was her favorite speaker. So thank you. I don't know why my staff stuck that in my notes, but maybe it was to encourage me. Thank you very much. All right. We had an anonymous listener in Idaho who's feeling kind of guilty because she's not serving in church. Listen to this. Dear Heidi, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on serving in the church during different seasons of life. My church is always reminding us that we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and one way we should be doing that is through serving our church. I'm currently homeschooling six and a seven-year-old, and I have a 15-month-old as well, and I'm completely overwhelmed at the end of each day, and I'm barely surviving this season of life. But I live with so much guilt that I'm not serving, but I can't bear the thought of adding another commitment right now. Do you think it's disobedient to choose to serve later in life? Uh, no, it's not disobedience. It's the greater part of wisdom. If you're not in a season where you can be serving physically, you know what you can be doing? You can be praying. You can become a prayer warrior in this season of your life. I would tell your pastor, hey, I saw that you guys are trying to get people to serve in the nursery or serve you know, at the, at the landscape committee or whatever it is. I'm praying that God will fill those roles for you. There is power in prayer. And if your pastor doesn't appreciate that, then you might want to find another church. I'm telling you right now, there are seasons of life where it makes absolutely no sense to go outside of your home because the demands inside your home, and this is particularly true when your children are little, particularly true uh, given your, your unique set of circumstances. Our family has always been a ministry family. Our children were really raised uh, volunteering and watching their dad and me do all manner of things. There was a very unique grace over our family for the thing that God asked us to do. 
But I still believe that the greater thing that you can do during this season of your life is simply to mother your children and point them to Jesus. And you can pray for all these other things. It's just as helpful and it's just as powerful when you give it to the Lord. Your prayers are going to move mountains. All right. Uh, we had a short-term mission idea. I think I read this one before, but it didn't get erased. And I think it's probably worth um, mentioning again. Cheryl wrote in to say she wanted to send a quick note to recommend Lighthouse Family Retreat for a short-term mission idea. They serve families that are going through childhood cancer. Most of the retreats are on the beaches of Florida, and they have a couple weekends in the Colorado mountains. We've served several times, and it's amazing to love on these families who are facing such difficulty. There are also summer intern programs for college-age kids. I love that. I hope some of you will take her up on that. I had a grandparenting question from Cindy in Washington. She said, how can I help encourage and disciple my nine-year-old granddaughter? I have her a lot, and her dad is a single dad who works a lot. She's in public school and in the third grade. You know what? If I had a third grade um, grandchild, oh, wait, I do. Uh, I would encourage you if you've got this little one with you and you and her dad is working and it sounds to me that you're kind of almost quasi parenting her One of the very best things you can do read to her, read, 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 find some really great books and sit down and maybe um, you can uh, make some milk and cookies, put milk and cookies out and just read. We read to our children when they were growing up a lot. And it's powerful and it lets your, it's going to let your, um, your granddaughter know that you cherish spending time with her. And so I would encourage you, read, 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 read the Bible, read great books to your kids, read funny books, uh, missionary stories. There's a million different things that you can do to invest in the life of your granddaughter. And it sounds to me like God's given you time to influence her with is, that is an incredibly precious gift. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. Listen, when Mike invented the MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. And now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, which I personally love. And now it has a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. So say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Right now, you can buy one and get one free by using the promo code Heidi. Call 1-800-447-0541 or go to the radio listeners specials page at MyPillow.com and use the promo code Heidi to buy one and get another one free. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, an anonymous listener in Wisconsin wrote in to say, Heidi, I know you've discussed the biblical role of women in the past, but my heart is deeply in need of some further insight. Our church recently spent some time defining gender roles in light of our current crisis. And although the attempt was, was meant well, 
Many women came away hurt from the conference as it was seemingly recommended that a woman's main gift was to procreate and submit to their husbands. Ugh. If you're not watching this on YouTube right now, then you can't see or rumble. You can't see my giant eye roll. I cannot stand it when church leadership, whether they mean well or not, demean the role of women at church. God has given us very unique roles in the church, but they're no less significant. Women should be serving in churches. There's lots of different ways for, uh, for us to do it. And our job, our main job on this earth is not to procre uh, procreate and submit to our husbands. That is a job, certainly. That is something that God has given us the role to do. I've, I've addressed the issue of submission in the home many, many times here at the show. And I've told you guys before, when you are married to a wonderful, godly man, then and you are walking in a right relationship with the Lord, marriage is a dream. It's an incredible, wonderful, beautiful gift. Uh, my assistant, Melissa, always says that she feels like she gets to have a never-ending slumber party with her best friend. That's the way that she describes being married to her husband, Robert. Marriage is a really good thing. And when we pigeonhole it, and the only well, only thing that women are, are good for, according to some churches, is to have babies and submit to their husbands, man, we're missing God's heart uh, for women. So does the Bible give women uh, freedom to be more active participants in the local church? Absolutely. Women are not called to be pastors, but you guys can be teachers. You should certainly be exercising the gifts that God has given you. Where are your gifts of hospitality? Do you have gifts of teaching? Um, are you good with, with uh, children's ministry? Do you want to start a women's ministry? There's so many. Do you want to be part of a homeless ministry? Do you want to take meals to the elderly? There's a million different things that you could be doing uh, at church that don't doesn't involve being the senior pastor. And so we see uh, God elevated, by the way, I should just come back and do a whole series on this. God elevated women in the Bible. Jesus had a heart for women, and he was very unique in his time because women have been subjugated in the time of Jesus as they have been throughout the ages by various religions. And Jesus took a very different approach when he talked to women. And so she's asking how she can uh, address this without division or defensive spirit. Um, you're not off base. And, uh, Man, I just I hurt for you because I think that God would have something for you to do. So I would encourage you go to your pastor and just say, "Hey, maybe I misunderstood." I often will start a conversation like that because it gives the person a chance to say, "Oh yeah, you did misunderstand. That's not what I meant." So maybe go to your pastor and say, "Hey, maybe I misunderstood." But are you saying that my only role in this church is to submit to my husband and have babies and see what he says? Uh because it's absolutely not the right approach. And so I would encourage you to uh to take it before the Lord and then go talk to your pastor. Um Ashley said, I believe the Lord's placed it on my heart to homeschool my three children, but my husband is not on board. Wah, wah. I hate that. Uh where is the fine line in being submissive to your husband, but knowing that following the Lord's calling is greater? I've been praying for his eyes and heart to be open and that will only happen with the Lord. All right, Ashley, I get this question a lot, sadly. And I'm going to tell you what I've said to women for years and years and years. The marriage is the primary relationship in the home. And, and as much as I want you to not have your kids in a, in a public school, and I really do not want your kids in a public school, what I don't want more is for your marriage to fall apart over it. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about the role of husbands and wives. Husbands are called to love their wives like Christ loved the church. That is a sacrificial laying down of your life kind of love. They actually have, I think, a much harder role. Women are called to love and respect their husbands and to submit to their authority. And there are some times 
And, and the reason for that, Ashley, is that someday you, your husband, not you, is going to answer to, to the Lord for the direction of your family. And so pray for him, love him, ask the Lord to open his eyes to the uh, importance of education and why it matters so much that your children are not exposed to wickedness uh, five days a week through the public school system. But don't let it drive a wedge between you and your husband. If your husband has put his foot down right now and he says, no, you can't homeschool the kids, then put the kids in school and maintain a good relationship with your husband. I would encourage you, if that's the case, be as involved in that school as you can possibly be. An anonymous listener in Michigan says, Heidi, our church is having a parent-informed meeting where they are inviting a representative from a public school, a Christian school, and a homeschool so parents can make informed decisions. The church said it is not their place to tell parents what they should do for schooling, and my husband and I are really bothered by them inviting a public school rep. We feel like knowing everything that has been outed lately about public schools, the church is inviting the enemy into the church. Yeah, you right. So there are really wonderful teachers in the public schools. I'm going to say it again. There are wonderful, good, and godly teachers in the public schools. But the agenda of the public school is absolutely antithetical to everything that we believe as Christians. Everything about sex, everything about gender, everything about marriage, everything about the creation of the world. The, the Bible says you're either for Jesus or you're against him. And if the public schools are not for him, which they certainly are not, then they are against him. And so this, is, to me, is an incredible lack of discernment on the part of your pastor. They should be talking to you guys about why you should be pulling your kids out of the public schools, not inviting public school representatives to come in and talk to the church. So I would be taking that to the pastor and saying, look, you're way off base on this thing, but we want to be really careful because he's going to say, well, there are good Christian teachers in the school. Yes, there are, but that's not the point. These teachers are not being allowed to teach what is good and right. And in fact, in many cases, they're being forced to teach things absolutely against their own conscience and they know that it's wrong and they're, uh, and they're helpless to do anything about it. The public school system is no place for Christian children. It's no place for any child, but it's really no place for a Christian child. All right, Lori in Montana. Boy, you guys keep these questions coming. Lori in Montana wrote in to say that she has a Christian relative who recently traveled to Thailand and visited a famous Buddhist temple. She wrote in a text that she got to enter a part of the temple and be, quote, blessed by one of the monks. It was a very moving and special experience. Am I right to be concerned about that comment since a Buddhist blessing has nothing to do with God and everything to do with spirits? Buddhist spiritual teachers, their teachings, etc. Is this an example of Christian ignorance? Hmm. Where should Christians stand when it comes to receiving blessings and prayers from other religions? Well, you can get blessed by a, Mo a Buddhist monk all you want to, but the, but you just you just uh, prayed to a, a god that doesn't exist, right? I can just see Elijah, you know, uh, dancing around an idol with the priests of his time, mocking them and saying, you know. Uh, and teasing them about their belief in a God that doesn't exist. I think you should be concerned about your Christian relative just to the fact that she or he has no discernment because a discerning Christian, someone who's walking with the Lord, doesn't want to be blessed by a Buddhist monk. A, we're sending the wrong message to the Buddhist monk who really needs to know about Jesus. And B, it's pointless. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be angry at this relative of yours, but I definitely would think to myself, oh, hey, uh, this person lacks discernment because really that's what it is. All right. We had a response. Lots of you wrote in about my, my interview with my friend, Dr. Sherry Tinpenny. Um, and her interview got me booted off of YouTube for two weeks. 
which by the way, we're going to be making a, a very sincere effort to get the show on Rumble. I'm sick and tired of trying to deal with the woke platform that is YouTube. But this person wrote in to uh, that had a concern about my podcast with Dr. Tenpenny. And um, she's kind of, this is an anonymous listener in Nebraska. And anonymous, you're breaking my rule of sending me really short and sweet and to the point comments. So I'm going to try to wade through your comments or to get to the point here because I did appreciate you sending it in. Um, she is a family physician and a homeschool mom of four, soon to be six, because she's got twins on the way. She said she takes care of patients from newborn all the way to the end of life. And while she completely understands the lack of trust in the medical community, I find it that discouraging parents from having a relationship with a medical provider can be harmful. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking advice from parents and grandparents and other seasoned moms. In fact, many things can be treated at home with simple remedies. I encourage patients to do this even before, before calling me. Um, the harm comes when you get into a situation and those symptoms aren't getting better. What if the fever is persisting and your child hasn't been drinking for several days? What if that rash that your grandma said was normal is spreading and your child's appearing sick or even toxic? This would be a great time to have a doctor that you trust who you would call and make an appointment for further evaluation. While I'm sure Dr. Tenpenny doesn't want to bring harm to anyone, I would suggest that we encourage parents to talk with friends, families, and still try to find a physician in their community that they can trust. So actually, Anonymous in Nebraska, I agree with you. And I, I think that Cherry Tenpenny would agree with you also. What Sherry was trying to say was we have made in the culture, and especially in this woke culture, the physicians, you know, we kind of treat them as a little bit of an idol and they're the first line of defense. And she's saying, don't let it be the first. Talk to your grandmother. Talk to your mother. Uh, there's a lot of really good advice that we can get from seasoned mothers who are going to look at a rash and go, oh yeah, that's a heat rash, you know, or this is that or whatever it is. Um, in fact, I just took my 17 year old daughter to see a, a physician that I trust here in our area because she had a rash that was persisting for more than a, a week and we, I couldn't figure out what it was. We did figure it out pretty quickly and got it taken care of. So I'm not anti-doctor, but I'm definitely anti, uh, what's happening in the culture right now medically certainly. And I think people need to trust their doctors. They need to know that they're seeing a doctor who's ultimately going to let them make a decision about their health. But I agree with you. Uh, we want to be informed and I'm not anti-doctor. I'm anti-woke medical establishment. And I think that's what you're seeing Dr. Tenpenny react to as well. All right, you guys, I've got dozens more questions here in the hopper and I can't answer them today because I'm out of time, but I am going to come back in just a minute and take on three more of your questions. At Mailbox Monday, we're going to be talking a little bit about woke companies and how to uh, avoid shopping at them. I'm going to address Amy in Wisconsin, who thinks I'm using trans names for people. And I'm going to be talking about a couple of other issues as I'm scrolling down through these comments. You guys, thank you for sending these in. If you would like to stick around and hear a few more questions answered for Mailbox Monday, you can just do that by subscribing. Head on over to Spotify, click on the subscribe tab, and that's how it unlocks more content. We're trying to do more content for you a couple of days a week. It's been much harder during my move, I will confess. And so we appreciate those of you who have been subscribing and uh, supporting this podcast. It really is a blessing. It means a lot to us. So thank you guys for doing that. I hope you're enjoying for those of you who are watching on Rumble and YouTube, this fabulous green screen behind me as we transition into a time of not having a studio that's ready. So uh, we appreciate you guys so much. So I'm going to come back in just a minute and I will answer more questions 
for happy hour at the Heidi St. John podcast. For everybody else, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. Please leave reviews for this show wherever reviews can be left, but particularly at Spotify and iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you guys could hop over there, give us a five-star review and tell people about the Heidi St. John podcast. And we can hopefully bring some encouragement to people right here at the intersection of faith.